A few years ago, we grew and sold a business that forever changed our lives. At first, we really struggled trying to figure out which tools to use to help run and organize our community. But that all changed once we discovered Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part, Kajabi doesn't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So you keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash M-U. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash M-U. Go to kajabi.com slash M-U and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today, we're going to talk about how to make better decisions in your business. I'm sitting in my hotel room right now in Bali. My balcony overlooks someone's home. This home has a Hindu temple inside of it, which is beautiful and also fascinating. It smells like smoke from a fire that someone used to cook their morning breakfast. That breakfast smells familiar and also a little different. There's spices I recognize and spices that I've never smelled in my life. Every now and then you get a whiff of the sewer and cigarette smoke. The air is warm and it's, it's thicker than I expected. Whenever you leave your bedroom, and if you're blessed to have AC, which I'm learning in Bali is somewhat rare, and you go outside, it's hot and you're usually sweaty. Cars are honking. The ocean is rolling. Life here is so relatable, yet so different from what I'm used to. It's such an experience. It's such a culture experience. And it's, it's different than what I expected. It's not like what you see on Instagram. And that's what's challenging about it. But it's also what I love about being here. As I scroll through my pictures and see the things that we have experienced in this last month and a half, it's crazy to see how much life has been lived in such a short period of time. I haven't asked myself, how in the world did I get here? And there are a million answers to that. But right now, I'm thinking of two reasons why I am standing here today with my whole world in two hotel rooms and five suitcases. I'm talking about making decisions, the decision that we made intentionally to be here and the thousands of decisions it took to make it possible, and the decision to start businesses over the years that are supporting us financially through this whole journey. So let's talk about decisions and how to get better at them. Wilfred A. Peterson says, you are only one decision from a totally different life. If you ask someone what it means to make a decision, they'll probably give you a different answer. But to me, decision-making is the ability to organize the mind, filter between good, better, and best choices, to then choose one, act on it, and then move with the consequences of that decision. Now, as a business owner, you probably make more decisions than your average person. And what I love about that is that you get a lot of opportunity to make decisions, which means over the years, 
You get better and better at making decisions, which means you get better and better results of the choices that you make on a daily basis. I have made some amazing decisions and I have made some pretty messed up ones too, but I'll take them all. They have all been my teachers. So here are 25 tips for making better business decisions. My today is a culmination of thousands of decisions I have made over years of living. It's not any better than anybody else. It just happens to be where I am today. So no matter what part of the world you're in, where you live, where you stand today is due to the decision you've made every single day to be there. So let's talk about how to make better decisions. Number one, the decisions you make are largely influenced by how much confidence you have in yourself. Decisions have a lot to do with who you think you are. You are the deciding factor of what happens in your life. If I were to come to you right now and say, okay, hey, so-and-so, so great to meet you. I have a question for you. Would you speak right now on a stage of 10,000 people? Would you say yes or would you say no? The answer to that question depends entirely on what you think about yourself. Now, if you would have asked me that years ago, I would have said, heck no, like, are you even kidding me? First of all, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I'll sound like a fool. I don't have anything to say. Why would anybody care what I have to say? I'm just this, this, and this. I'm just a nobody from here, X, Y, and Z. Why would anybody want to hear anything that I have to say? If you were to ask me today, I would say, heck yeah, I have an hour. Okay, let's do this. I think it's really fun and I think it would be really cool. In fact, I have this funny dream that someone has come to church and they have forgotten their talk and they need someone to stand up for the 10 to 15 minutes that they were allotted and give us their thoughts on this certain topic. Susie has the flu today and she's not able to come to church. Is there anyone in the audience who would like to come up here and share some thoughts? My hand would shoot right up and I'd be like, yes, I would love to talk about this, this, and this. I think it's so fun. But that has not always been the case, not even close. In fact, growing up, we had different opportunities to speak in public every single year. And it was so scary. It was so overwhelming to think that all of these people are going to be staring at me, thinking about me while I give this oration on a particular topic. And it intimidated me, but I would still do it. And it started very, very small as a young girl, maybe three years old, sharing a sentence or a word or finally thoughts. And I would show up for those. And I would say my few words and I'd be so embarrassed and just overthink whatever I said, whatever I did. But over the years, I took bigger risks. I began speaking in school and I tried out for student council. And we do skits and we do plays and we do funny things. And then in college, I took public speaking classes and and I still wasn't great. But I would say one of the biggest changes for me was starting a podcast. That was terrifying. But then you start putting your voice out there to all these different people and you realize you're still alive. You're still okay. And it's actually pretty enjoyable. And that has become much more comfortable to me. So the difference now is that when someone asks me if I can do something in this space and I feel comfortable there, whatever I think about myself will determine my ability to say yes or no to that opportunity coming my way. So what I think about myself and my abilities will determine the decisions I make. If someone asks me to do something and I think I'm an idiot, I think I'm the worst, or, oh, I don't know, and I doubt myself, I'll usually push that opportunity away. If someone presents something to me that I'm very comfortable with, I will say yes. Now, if I'm in a slightly rarer group, which is I'm going to ask you to do something that I know you're not totally strong in right now, but I think you could get there and it will push you outside of your comfort zone and you say yes to that, then you have the opportunity to grow into anything that you want to grow into. So if you want to get better at making decisions, get better at believing in yourself. If you're not good at it, start from where you are, push yourself a little bit out of that comfort zone until that becomes comfortable and then continue pushing a little more each day. The way you see yourself will greatly determine whether you say yes or no or how you show up to an opportunity presented to you, to a decision that you have to make. Number two, most decisions take some sort of personal risk. 
What I have realized over the years is that decisions that I make that I'm really interested in, but I know are a stretch for me, usually take some sort of personal risk. No one ever really knows 100% of what's going to happen, all the variables involved. There is always some personal risk involved. For example, I like to swim in the ocean. It just makes me feel alive. And I've been wondering, why does swimming in the ocean make me feel so alive? Like I'm just swimming in water. I think it's just because the ocean has usually been very intimidating to me. There's always this little fear in the back of your mind of like, am I going to get eaten by a shark? What's in here? What's happening right now? What am I doing? This is out of my control. Whenever I find myself in a situation where I'm outside my comfort zone and I'm not in full control, I feel very alive. Like I'm past my boundaries. And that feels threatening somehow. Like I'm on a cliff, ready to take this leap. I'm I'm risking my life in some way. And in that risk is the possibility of death. Physical death, like swimming in the ocean, maybe there's a shark. It could be financially risky, an emotional death. Like I'm going to risk myself in this relationship. I mean, how wild is it that you meet someone, fall in love with them, and then tell them with your own words or your body language, I like you. In fact, I love you. I want to spend my whole life with you. Talk about a leap of faith. Or to start a business that you don't know is going to work, that supports you and your family and maybe even other families, and to say, I want to take this leap. I want to jump off this cliff and I think I'm going to thrive, but there is possibility of some sort of death. And I think that possibility of death also makes us feel so alive. 18 years ago, I went to Hawaii for the first time. It was my first time ever snorkeling. I put on the mask. I stuck my face in the water and it freaked me out. I was just like, there is a whole other world down there. I don't really want to think about it. I don't really want to see it. My sister and I were both the same way. And we just stuck our faces in the water for a second. And that was about all we could do. And I was like, whoa, that's a lot. I want to get out. Now, just two days ago, I was swimming in the ocean and they threw some bread in the water. All these fish came around us and it was beautiful and the coral was green and there were just fish everywhere. In fact, they were trying to eat the bracelet off of my wrist and I thought, this is so cool. I feel so alive. Like, this is so beautiful. And and I'll be honest, I still do have that thought in the back of my mind and I find myself looking over my shoulder like, is there a shark charging at me full blast? But I've become more and more comfortable in that space. It reminds me of when we started our first business. It was like we put these goggles on and stepped into this business world. And it was kind of like, whoa, this is big and overwhelming. And it looks really cool, but I'm kind of overwhelmed. So you kind of step back and go, do I want to be involved? How much do I want to see? How much do I want to know? And we would make these decisions. And they felt like such huge, massive decisions at the time. And I remember ordering this $10,000 phone system that was going to go in a call center that we had for selling Dish Network. $10,000 at that time was a fortune for Justin and I. We bought it, we installed it, and in about a month's time, the call center was dead. We had to pull everything out of the office, including our $10,000 phone system, and we carried that phone system with us for 10 or 15 years. We just couldn't let go of it. And then to get to the point where we were buying and flipping over 100 houses a year, spending millions of dollars, was a huge leap from where we had started so many years ago. But how did we get from spending $100 to millions of dollars? And all came down to the decisions that we would make on a daily basis testing things out, seeing the results, filtering through information, being brave enough to take the action, being brave enough to accept the consequences of those actions, and being smart enough to take the knowledge and wisdom gained from those experiences and use it for decisions in the future. Yes, we have made and will still make a lot of mistakes. We are always pushing outside our current comfort zone. It's just like that saying that says, new devils at new levels. But who wants to be stuck in a place you don't want to be? And that's why I love making decisions. The decisions you make Small, big, easy, hard ones will help you learn to know yourself and who you are and what you are and what you are currently or not currently capable of. Okay, tip number three. Most decisions require a step into the darkness. 
Whenever we have a business idea, it is extremely rare that we have all the steps to get to that end goal. So I recommend not waiting for all the steps to light up before you take your very first step. There is always a bit of a step into the darkness before that next step lights up. Tip number four, if you're overwhelmed with the decision that needs to be made, get some of the easy decisions out of the way so that you can put all your energy into the project or the decision that you are avoiding. One of the things I always tell myself is to just get myself to do the first step. It's like they say about going to the gym, just get your clothes on and get to the gym. If you can get to the gym, you've done half the work. It's the same thing with business. If I have this big overwhelming project that I need to get done that day, I like to start with a couple small successes. I find a few things on my calendar that just need to get done that are easy, easy for me to process, get those out of the way so that all my time and energy can be completely focused on this big project. In fact, I did that today. I was like, okay, I'm going to be creating a podcast. It's a little bit overwhelming because you're sharing your thoughts and your ideas. So I had all these little things on my calendar that were quick and easy for me to do. Didn't take a lot of my brain energy. I got those done, got those out of the way. And then I knew that there was nothing else that my brain could say, hey, why don't we do this or this? It was like, this was the only thing on my calendar. And so I could put all my time and energy into it. So I told myself, all I need to do is open up my Google Doc and start working on writing down some of my thoughts for this podcast. So I finished those few small tasks, opened up my Google Doc, started sharing some thoughts, and then we were just cruising. And before you know it, we're in podcast creation mode and it feels good. And I already forgot that like an hour ago, I was overwhelmed with even taking on this big project. Tip number five, when you make a decision, that decision starts making decisions for you. One of my favorite things about making a decision is that once you make one, it will start making other decisions for you. I know that every single day from this time to this time, that will be Tara's consolidated time for working only in the business. And that is an important decision for me to make. I have three kids who are homeschooling right now. I'm working with my husband. I'm traveling and I can get a lot of interruptions. But if I tell myself and I have made the decision and I know that I'm someone who honors my decisions, that decision I made to now work without any interruptions will start making decisions for me very easily. If someone comes to me and wants something, I say, not right now. At this time, I can help you with that. Or if my mind says, hey, this is kind of an overwhelming project. Why don't you check your email? I'm focused right now. Hey, why don't you go on this? Nope, I'm focused right now. I love making decisions because they start to make decisions for you. When something from the outside world comes in and says, hey, can you do this? Can you be here? Can I have your time, your energy, your attention? It helps you to not allow other decisions that are not as important trump the decision that is most important that you already made. It makes it so much easier to say yes or no when you've already made the decision beforehand. A simple personal example of this would be when I was young, I decided that I wouldn't drink or smoke. It was just kind of like, okay, yeah, sounds good. It's been a very easy decision. Do you want this? No. Do you want this? No. Easy peasy. There wasn't any guilt. There wasn't shame. It was just like, nope, this is my decision. There was no drama. There was nothing personal in it. It was just done. Very simple. And trust me, I've had plenty of vices, but it's always nice to lessen those. I like the quote by Gordon Graham that says, decision is a sharp knife that cuts clean and straight. Indecision is a dull one that hacks and tears and leaves ragged edges behind it. Decisions allow you to cut through life and say, this is what's important to me. This is what I choose to do, which is what I choose to become, which is what I choose to have in my life. Number six, your current situation will have a large impact on the options you have to choose from when making a decision. Two days ago, our family was on the island of Nusa Penida. We signed up for this tour to check out these epic spots of these beautiful ocean locations that everybody wants to see when they come to Bali. And it was quite the ride, literally. We hopped in this old car. I mean, this car was pretty beat up and it was hot and the AC didn't work very well. And we were crammed in there. And if you've ever been to Bali, driving is no joke. The roads are narrow. It is an adventure. 
And we spent hours driving around on that hot island with AC that didn't work very well, bouncing all over the place, just barely squeaking by other cars and scooters. We'd hop out, go check out this epic location, surrounded by tourists everywhere, sweating our guts out, and we'd go from place to place. After one of the places that we stopped, the woman who was our driver for that day turned to us and said, you have three children? And we said, yes. How many do you have? And she said, I have five. And I was like, oh, five. I'd been feeling bad for her all day because she was just in this crazy traffic, crazy heat, taking these tourists around, trying to get us every little spot. It was hot. It was sweaty. And I was like, please tell me you don't do this every single day. And yes, she does. And we'd ask her, how long have you been driving this? And I was thinking one day of this insanity was enough for me. I'm like, I don't ever want to do this again. That was fun to experience, but that was quite the experience. And she is doing this day in and day out because that is the best opportunity for her. So every day she gets up and she just hustles it. And then she has five daughters. One of them is just a couple months old that her mother takes care of at home. And she works with her husband, taking tourists around to these crazy locations on these crazy roads. This is a strong woman. And I started to feel a little bit guilty, like, man, I don't know if I could do this. And so when you think about it, your situation and what you currently need will have a large impact on the decisions that you make, the places that you live, the people that you surround yourself with, the information that you know, the knowledge that you have, the opportunity that you see will greatly affect the decisions that you make. But the more you educate yourself and see opportunity, the larger your array of options are to decide from. Now, there have been so many times and we have had our back up against the wall and it was like, this is sink or swim. And we have worked hard in ways we did not want to have to do in certain times. And I love that we rose to those situations. I also love that those crunch times come to an end and you see the results of putting in that hard work and effort and you can step back and step out of certain jobs, step out of certain roles and work on your business and not always just in it, in the hustle and in the scramble. And that's what I love about owning a business is you do have that option and that opportunity to live life a little more on your own in a way that works for you. And the better you get at running your business and the better you get at making decisions and the better you get at seeing opportunity, the more in line you get with living the lifestyle that you desire. And that can always be evolving and changing over time and can be very unique to every single person. But I love that there are more options in that. Nobody ever has full control. Nobody ever can control everything that's happening in their life 24 seven, but we can give ourselves more options. We can teach ourselves resourcefulness. We can develop habits that are very supportive of good decisions. There are so many things you can do to make better decisions, to give yourself better options so that you can have better results in your life. Sometimes we feel victim to our time, situation, our circumstances, but there's so much that you can do on a daily basis to set yourself up for success for tomorrow. When I was young, I used to feel so bad for myself. Like, I don't have as much money as my friends and I have to work so hard and, oh, poor me. And now I'm so glad I had that experience because I learned so much in that gap of what I wanted and what I didn't have. And it pushed me. It forced me to learn to organize my mind and my goals and my time. It caused me to say no to certain things and yes to some. At a very young age, I learned to be very resourceful, to look for situations, to look for opportunities and then go for them. I'm so glad I had that gap so that I could push outside of my comfort zone and do the hard things that have made me who I am today. I now see the value in that gap of what I had and what I wanted and what I chose to do because of it. Tip number seven, your speed and ability to make decisions gets better over time if you're willing to learn from the consequences of your choices. 
We sold our house a few months ago and that was a very big project. It was two acres, 8,500 square feet. We had teams of people in and out of our house all the time making big financial decisions to sell this home. That was something I was mainly responsible for. Justin was putting most of his time and attention into the business. I was putting most of my time and attention at that time into the home. And Tyson and I were working together. And at the end of that project, he said, I cannot believe you got that done in that amount of time and how quick you were to make decisions. And I thought to myself, like, oh, I mean, generally speaking, of course, it worked out pretty well. I made a plan. I stuck to my plan. I communicated my plan and I moved with it. He was so surprised that we'd gotten it ready in the time that we said we would and that it sold in the time that it did. Now, I don't have control over all the variables and there were lots of things that came in and out that were unexpected, but we had a goal. We were willing to make decisions. We were willing to take the consequences of those decisions and we were willing to do the work day in and day out to get it done no matter what. And in that situation, it worked out pretty well. But ever since then, I've been thinking about decisions and the ones that I've made well and the ones that I haven't made well and the opportunity to learn from every single one. We recently started hiring content writers. At first, this project was really overwhelming. It was unknown. It's not something that we've ever done. We knew very little. We did some quick education on it, put out a job posting, and we started to get resumes. And then we started to get writing samples. Now, the first writing sample that we ever got was just like, uh, how do you even know where to begin with this? Is this good? Is this not good? What even makes a good piece of content? And we would read through these different articles and go, oh, what do you think about this? And I'm not so sure. And it was hard. It was tricky at first, but it's so cool because we would make decisions on those. And then we would get feedback on that. We'd give that person another try to make the article better. Some of them would just be done and they'd move on. And then others would rise to that. They'd come back and we'd go back and forth until we had a good article. There were so many decisions to be made. How do I express what I want this article to be about? How do I give some hard feedback when it comes back and it's not very good? And how do I hold everyone to a high standard? It's crazy how fast our ability to look at a piece of content and filter through it and make a decision on whether it's good or not. And then to give that feedback and then to finalize that process has gotten faster and faster every single time. We're still working on streamlining that process, but it's amazing that if you're willing to make a decision, take some action and then continue to decide to add checks and balances and to hold that decision to a high standard, how quickly a new system will be implemented into your business that is now something that you can stand on, an asset that you have, a marketable skill that the company now owns that has a huge impact on your business. That's why I love making decisions. They can change things very rapidly. They can be hard to make, but just like we said in the beginning of this podcast, your life can change very quickly with one small decision. Tip number eight, if you decide to add something to your plate, make sure to take something off to avoid overwhelm. Something we forget as humans is that when we make a decision that puts more on our plate, sometimes we forget to take something off of that plate. When you are saying yes to something, you are saying no to something else. When a business is doing well and is successful, you will get more opportunities, more people asking for your time and resources. And it's important for you to get good at saying no. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you should do everything. So give yourself permission that whatever you put something on your plate to also remember to take something off to avoid overwhelm. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments 
to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash MU, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash MU to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash MU. More and more entrepreneurs and investors are discovering the awesome franchise opportunities that exist across a variety of industries. Franchising can simply be the better path and interest in franchising is at an all time high. Lucky for you, John Austinson, founder of Fran Bridge Consulting and a past Millionaire University guest, is here to help you explore the premier franchise opportunities today. John and his Frambridge Consulting team are part of the largest franchise brokerage in the U.S. and have vetted the market thoroughly. Frambridge is hands down the premier source for the best opportunities in the franchise world, including both active and passive opportunities. From tiny homes to youth soccer to industrial hoses to pets, senior care to mental health and more. John has served as an Inc. 500 franchisor and is a multi-brand franchisee himself. And he does more placements than anyone else in the country. Sign up for a free consultation call with John today or get a free copy of his book, Non-Food Franchising, at FranBridgeConsulting.com. That's FranBridgeConsulting.com. Available in the U.S. and Canada. Number nine, the choices you make should get you closer to your goals. What are your KPIs? What are you going for? Does this decision get you closer or further away from where you are going? What are the pros and cons of making this decision? Speaking of pros and cons, tip number 10 is to share the burden of making the decisions in your company to avoid decision fatigue. One thing we like to do is to share some of the decision making with the people that you are working with so you don't get decision fatigue. Yes, this is a thing. If you allow the people that you are working with to make decisions, they will take more responsibility for the decision that's being made and also for the consequences that come from that decision that was made. If you are the only one who can make all the decisions or certain decisions, the company can get backed up because everybody is waiting for you. Learn to trust other people and give them opportunities to make decisions. If you are uncomfortable giving them the full responsibility, allow them to make a decision and then come to you for checks and balances. But if you can start handing off the decisions, the responsibilities, the things that need to be done and the consequences that come from those, whether good or bad, to other people... That will allow you to spend your time and attention focused on other decisions that should be made for your business for growth or for improvement from within. Number 11, communicate your decisions and do what you say you are going to do. If you make a decision, communicate your decision. You ever worked for someone who was always making decisions, but no one ever knew about it or what was happening or what was even going on? Communicating your decision is sometimes just as important as making the decision, but also doing what you said you're going to do can be just as important as making that decision as well. I hate to say it, but no one respects a business owner who says they're going to do something and they never do it. Tony Robbins says, a real decision is measured by the fact that you've taken a new action. There's no action. You haven't truly decided. Decision making comes with follow through. 
If you make a million great decisions, but never do anything, your decisions will lose all power and people will lose respect for the decision that you make and you'll stop respecting yourself. I've known people that I've had discussions with for years about things they really, really wanted and they were just going to do it. And we talk about the same thing over and over for years. And over time, people get burnt out. They're tired of having the conversation. They're tired of wasting their time, breath, and energy with someone who says they're going to do something, but never does anything about it. Now, it's different. It's something that you've talked about for years and you still want to try to improve on and get better at, and you're doing your best you can, and you are taking action. You're just not getting the results that you want. That's very different from someone saying they're going to do something and never doing anything than someone who's trying year after year to get this result that they haven't quite been able to get. I have made decisions 20, 30, 40 years ago that I still have not seen the fruits of as of today. I mean, a marriage is something you're always trying to figure out. A friend, a family member, your kids, your health, your spirituality, your mental health. These are things, these are relationships that we are always trying to figure out. And they are decisions that we are making every single day. And none of us is perfect at them. But what's amazing about the day and time that we live in, there's always an open door. There's always a way to figure something out. And there's always freedom available to those who are willing to look at things a little differently, look at themselves a little differently, and who are willing to take that leap of faith, take that personal risk and step out and go, let's try this again. Even though I've tried this 25,672 times, today I'm going to try again because I believe in it and I'm going to figure it out at some point. And if it takes me 5 million failures to figure it out, I'm going to figure it out because it matters to me. And honestly, the journey ends up being just as cool as the end result you were going for. I like to be someone that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, or I'm at least going to show that I'm trying my best in that space. And if I'm not doing well, I want to be honest and say, here's where I'm at. I really struggle with this, but I do want to get better. I see where I'm weak. I see where I'm strong and I'm willing to keep pushing in that area. Now, there are a lot of things I don't know how to do. A lot of things I don't understand, a lot of things that scare me, but there are a lot of things I have tackled and conquered and overcome. And I love that. I love taking something that was so hard for me at some point and turning it into a current comfort zone. That to me is so cool because it means I'm free to show up in the way I want to show up and to make the decisions that I want to make. There are those who say they're going to do something and you know they will. And there are those who say that they will and they don't. And that is okay, but you do make different choices around those people. Decisions take time and energy. I build my day, my week, my life around the decisions that I make every single day. And when I'm with someone who doesn't work in that way, that they're not taking those decisions and making them a priority, I will then shift in my relationship with them because no one wants to put time and energy into something that no one else is going to show up for. So when you make a decision, also make the decision to follow through with it and then also make decisions to stay on top of it so that that new thing in your business or in your life stays alive and continues to thrive through different checks and balances and different actions that need to be taken to keep that aspect of the business flowing strongly. Business owners who talk a lot but don't do will lose respect from their people. So as a business owner, you do what you say you're going to do. And if you change, which also happens a lot, you communicate that and show that the reason why you're changing, because this will get better results for the business, for the employees, for the clients, and you communicate the shifting and evolution of those decisions. Tip number 12, as the owner, it is your job to keep the results of your decisions to a high standard. You have the responsibility of doing quality checks on the work that is happening in your company. You're always looking at what's happening in your business. Does it look right? You make a decision. Do I say something about it? Make a decision. How do I say something? Another decision. How do I keep checks and balances on this? Another decision. Who's in charge of this ongoing? Decisions, decisions, decisions. That can set your employees, your company, and you up for freedom. 
Many times business owners are just one or two systems away from having a lot of freedom and financial success in their business. When we got to Bali, the first hotel we stayed at was a great hotel. The second day we were there, I was downstairs eating breakfast and this guy walked in and he was walking around the buffet area and I knew instantly that he was either the manager or the business owner just by his ability to make fast and strong decisions. And you could tell when he looked at something and analyzed it and made a decision on it, everybody moved. You could tell he had the ability to take a lot of information, to filter through it quickly, make a quick decision, communicate it to his teams, and that they had systems to then take that decision and implement it smoothly within the company to continue to improve the experience that the customers were having at their hotel. And it showed. We have been in some amazing hotels and we have been in some very interesting ones. The last hotel that we were in was pretty quirky. We took a fast boat out to Nusa Lombongan which is this little island off of Bali. And we stayed at this hotel that was supposed to be quite nice. It looked nice online. And we showed up and it was kind of like glamping. They had this free breakfast at these younger guys that would take your order and it would take about an hour and multiple reiterations of the order in order for it to finally get out to the table. And it was quite the process every single morning. And then as soon as they'd make our order, they'd sit down and just go take a smoke and just go go on their phone for a while. And another person would come out and they'd talk to them and they'd, they'd dilly-dally around for a while and they wouldn't really communicate with you. And the place was starting to get a little bit run down and the bathrooms were a little bit sketchy. And it was an interesting experience. And you could tell that whoever was owning that company was not holding their company to a high standard and it showed. So while we had a good time and it was quite the experience, we will definitely not be going back. Flop to today where we're in this nice hotel. It is a well-run machine and it is so comfortable to be in. And I'm so grateful for the people who own it, who have created these systems that made it so easy for us to check in, to have this nice room. There's AC, the food is great, things are smooth. We're close to the fun and action of busy area of Kuta and Bali, but we also are in our peaceful, cozy spot. And it's just so nice to not feel like I'm glamping for the next few days. And that comes down to the power and ability of an owner to make decisions, make good decisions, communicate it with their team, and then hold that team accountable to the decisions that a company makes on a daily basis to provide a service or a product that benefits others and continues to keep customers coming back, that continues to fuel the economy of that business and support the human beings and families that are depending on the success of that business. When you protect your business, you protect families. When you make the hard decisions, and when you're brave enough to share your decisions, especially when they're hard, you are protecting the people in your business, even though they might be the people getting the hard feedback. It is your job as the business owner to protect that establishment so that people have a livelihood to depend on to care for them and their own families. And sometimes that can be a big responsibility and that can be shared. You can teach others to help share in that burden for you. But if you're willing to make those hard decisions, it can give back so much to your company, to your employees and to the world and economy at large. That is the power of making decisions within a business. As Jim Rohn says, you cannot make progress without making decisions. If you are stuck in your business, make a decision. Decisions get things moving. Number 13, don't let your baggage get in the way of making a good decision. Learn to deal with your baggage. Some of us have entrepreneurial scars. We've seen hard things. We've had loss. We've made mistakes. This is normal. There's a thing in business called cycling where a business is doing well and they'll hit some hard times, are you able to take those hard times and come back even better? I know Justin and I have gone through that multiple times 
And it would have been so easy to just quit at those times and say, you know what? We're done. We're done for, but we fought back. And when you fight back from those tough times, you never go back to where you were. You never go back to neutral ground. You always come back better because if you can get through something like that, you have new knowledge, new experience, new skill set. You figured out things you didn't want to have to figure out. You've done things that you didn't necessarily want to have to do. And you have greater abilities, knowledge, and experience to pull from moving forward. And that doesn't mean you hold on to everything for dear life when you cling to things. Yes, there are times to say no. Yes, there are times to let go of things. Yes, there are times to let things die. Or there are times to say, you know what? I'm finished with this project. I would love to sell this. Yes, those are important. But there are times also to dig in, face yourself, get better, get smarter, and find greater success in your business for sure. Number 14, want to get greater results from your decisions? Track the results. If you really want to see improvement, also create predictable streams of income. It becomes important to track what is happening in your business. It's as they say, what gets measured grows. What's working? What are the numbers? What isn't working? Have conversations. Do you know your numbers? Do you know your KPIs? Do you know how much you're spending? What are the percentages of profit? What areas are taking up too much time, energy, and money? Are you looking at those numbers, analyzing what's working, what's not working, talking about it, and making the tough decisions to improve and grow in those areas, or do you shut down and stop certain areas that are not profitable? Number 15, want to grow faster? Get honest with the feedback that you receive. It's pretty natural to avoid wanting to get feedback that's negative, right? We all struggle with that. Nobody wants to hear something bad about something you're working so hard in. Trust me, I know. If you have a podcast or social media, you're putting yourself out there in any way, you will get negative feedback. And that could be sometimes one of the hardest things about having a business. But it's as I think Aristotle said, to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. So yeah, it can be tough at times, but it takes a lot of courage to not avoid information that makes you uncomfortable in a situation. You are going to get some honest feedback. Sometimes that feedback comes in the form of not making the money that you want or from employees who no longer want to work with you or from just random trolls on the internet. You never know, but it's helpful to be honest with the information you're evaluating to make a decision. You will get positive and negative feedback, and it's important to check out both. Is there validity to this? Do I need to improve in this area? Sometimes negative feedback can be some of the best feedback that you'll ever get. We have done podcasts, sold programs, done events, sold houses, had different investments, worked with different partners, and we've gotten all kinds of different feedback. And that is an opportunity right there for you to rise and shine and go, is it true? Do I need to work in this area? Or is this something I need to not listen to because it's just a random comment and has something more to do with the person who said it and not necessarily me who happens to be involved in the moment. If it's just a crazy troll situation, you work it out of your system, you let it go and you get back to work. If your ego is riding on your ability to make money and the success of your business, this will be a hard one for you because you'll really be putting yourself out on the line. And so when someone says, I don't like this, you're going to take that as I don't like you. And that's going to be a hard hit. Over time, you will get better at separating your personal ego from the decisions or consequences that come from running a business that takes time. It's hard. It's humbling. Something that Justin and I are always working on. So the question is, how can you get out of the way of your own business, even though you might be the leader or face of it? These can be some tough moments, but don't worry. I believe in you. The scariest voices you will ever face are the ones that live inside of you, inside of your own head. The scariest person you will ever face is your own self. And that's a beautiful thing because you are you and you have the option to change every single day. Number 16, speaking of change, don't get stuck in a bad decision that you made long ago that seems so right at the time. When I was young, I made the decision that when I grew up, I was going to be a mom and I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. And I thought it was the worst if I was going to have to work while having children. And I felt so much guilt for so many years. And finally, I said, you know what? 
Life is calling me to work with my husband and I'm going to rise to it. And yes, still today, sometimes I don't want to work for sure. I'm human and I'm normal, but I love that I have risen to that. I made those decisions. I chose to learn about business. I chose to step in. I took action and it has been an awesome ride and my kids and family are better for it. But at some point that dream that I thought was so important had to die. And when it died, I was free. I no longer held myself to that standard that was unnecessary, unrealistic, and just not doing me any good. And I was free to be the woman I wanted to be. And the woman I wanted to be was showing up in the actions that I was taking. I was always involved, always doing things. It's just who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up. And I had to let go of a decision that I made long, long ago that seemed like a great decision, but it was time to evolve. There are times in our lives when we say, I'll never do this. I'll never be like this, or I will always do this. And when you have a family and a business, those things change. In previous episodes, Justin talks about how he was never going to sell. He was never going to be that salesy guy, but because he looked at salesmen in a certain way and he's totally changed. Sales are important. Sales are amazing. I am so grateful for people who are willing to sell their products because they bless my life. Just yesterday, I hopped off a boat, five suitcases, five backpacks, walked a few feet out of the harbor and instantly a man came up to us and said, hey, you need a ride? Where are you going? This is my price. And we negotiated. And within a couple minutes, my family was in an air conditioned van on our way to Kuta and I barely had to lift a finger. It was amazing. I am grateful for this man who's out there willing to sell his services because we needed it. We needed his help. Otherwise, we would have been stuck in blistering heat trying to figure out what to do to get our family to our next spot. I am grateful for other business owners out there who take that leap of faith, who take that step of courage and go, I'm going to create something and do something about it. And I'm going to talk to other people about it. And I'm going to make decisions every single day that bless this company, the people who work for it and the economy that we are involved in. Number 17. Now, obviously some decisions go your way and some don't. One of the best things you can do is decide not to hold onto the bad story of a decision. There are so many investments that Justin and I have made that have not gone well. I have lost two figures, three figures, four figures, five figures, six figures, seven figures. I've lost millions over the years. And that's only because over the years we've taken bigger risks. But we've always made more than we've risked. But we've honestly learned more from the failures and the successes that we've had many times. Just yesterday, my youngest son, Kaysen, left his phone at a beach club that we were at the day before. Now, of course, he mentioned this right when we were checking out of our hotel and trying to get on a boat to head back to Bali. And so it was slightly chaotic. And I thought, well, that phone is gone. There's no way we're going to be able to find it. And then now he's going to be without a phone, which is going to make it tricky because if he ever gets lost, which tends to happen because he he's a bit of a wanderer, I'm not going to be able to find him. And I may possibly lose my child <laughs> on this nine-month trip around the world. Now, a small miracle happened. We reached out to a beach club that we'd been to the day before and asked if they had seen it. They actually had seen it. They had it. And then a really awesome guy, this young kid who worked there, hopped on his scooter from another island, cruised all the way to our harbor, and gave us Kaysen's phone. And I offered to give him money, and he wouldn't take a penny, and he just drove off. That was a small miracle, and it's so nice that Kaysen has his phone. But what's cool is during that couple hours of stress, I kept giving myself therapy of like, okay, I'd already worn Kaysen a lot of times. If he doesn't take care of his phone, he's going to lose it. And he'd left it in different spots. I was telling myself, you know, this phone probably costs about $1,000. I'd be willing to pay $1,000 for my son to learn executive functioning skills. He needs to learn to be organized. I know he's going to feel a lot of pain losing his phone. He likes his phone. And if this is what it takes for him to learn, I'm happy to pay $1,000. Let's be honest. I'm happier that he has that phone back because it causes some extra stress for our family while traveling. But sometimes those bad decisions can be very helpful. I'm kind of glad he lost his phone because now he thinks about it. That gave me an opportunity to remember, hey, we need to work on being organized in our mind, in our life, so that we're not leaving things around that cause stress and chaos. So if you ever have the opportunity to lose a little bit of money, just tell yourself to take that money that is lost and allow it to be a gain. 
Justin and I had a high-end flip in Palm Springs that we lost $250,000 on one house. And we would tell ourselves, well, that was a $250,000 college education. (laughs) Let's take that loss and allow it to help us to make millions. And so that's how we see financial loss. Okay, we lost it here, but if we can learn from this and take it and try it again in a smarter way, imagine what can be made. And that is how we've handled financial loss. Yes, it has been painful and can be stressful. It's not something you want to do. And you can make smart decisions and you don't have to risk things financially. But if you choose to make that decision and you do lose, just know there's always so much you can learn and you can come back stronger. And that can make you a lot more money than you ever lose if you can learn to see it the right way. In fact, Joyce Mayer says, don't mourn over your bad decisions. Just start overcoming them with good ones. I like that. The truth is you are not a perfect business owner, nor am I. So you will make mistakes. That's okay. If I were to come to you and say, oh, you own a business. Okay, cool. Do you think from here until the end of your life, you will never make a mistake in your business? You would say, no, that's ridiculous. Like, of course I'll make a mistake, but we hold ourselves to that standard. And when we make mistakes, we beat ourselves up and we're so hard on ourselves. And then we avoid certain things and we avoid making the right decisions. And we avoid seeing the information in an honest way that allows us to show back up in that situation to make a better decision and to improve our decision-making skills and speed as we move forward. Tip number 18, don't become the bottleneck in your company. I like to make decisions that have timelines to them as early as I can. If someone is waiting on me to make a decision so that they can keep moving forward, at the beginning of my day, I like to communicate with those and make those decisions as soon as possible so that person can continue to moving. So I'm not creating a bottleneck in the business. If someone is waiting on you for a decision, make that decision quickly, get them going, get everybody working, and then you get to work on your own personal stuff so that things can continue moving along. If it comes to the point where you are a bottleneck in that system within your business and you need to hand it off to someone else, begin training someone else on what to look at, what to check for, and how to make those decisions. And then if you decide, they can also check with you from time to time to make sure those decisions that are being made are working well within the company. But get people to work as much as you can while you're working on your own things. For example, let's say I finish this podcast. I want to get this podcast to our editor as soon as possible. I don't want to sit on it for a day because if I can get him working on it right now, it'll get back to me sooner, which allows us to send it to our copywriter who then can allow us to get that up on our blog, who can allow us to get show notes. If everything is hinging on your ability to get things out there and to make decisions, make those decisions quickly and keep people working so that things continue to move in the business. A quote by James E. Faust says, some of our important choices have a timeline. If we delay a decision, the opportunity is gone forever. Sometimes our doubts keep us from making a choice that involves change. Thus, an opportunity may be missed. So yes, there are choices that have a timeline, the opportunities that need our communication and our response. And then there are some decisions that take time. We sit on them for a little bit. We think about them for a moment before we make these big decisions. Tip number 19, see your decisions through. Back in the day, Justin and I were pretty squirrely at times. We'd start a business and be like, we can do anything. Let's start another business and another business. And before we knew it, we were overwhelmed trying to start too many businesses at one time. So as you get better at making decisions, you also get better at realizing that while there are a million great ideas out there in the world, it takes time and energy even to get one going and really thriving. So choose to focus on one, get that business thriving and doing well. And then if there comes a time where you're bored and you have extra time, energy, money, resources, then you can start something else. But focusing on something and building it into something special does take a lot of time and energy and attention and decide to stick with that until you have that freedom to go into something else. And remember that sometimes your ability to think on your feet can create great opportunities as well. Justin is always running numbers. Therefore, he sees opportunity everywhere. And he's done podcasts on that. If you can understand your terms, you can see greater opportunities and you can make better decisions. Number 20, 
Your level of emotional maturity will greatly affect the choices that you are making on a daily basis. As we've discussed, your emotions, your emotional state, and your emotional maturity play a significant role when you need to make decisions, even if you think they don't, they just do. You will get better at not being so emotionally and personally tied to your decisions. Humans are meaning makers and we like to attach to things. If you are overly attached emotionally, financially, you will have a lot tied to your business decisions and that can be exhausting. So learn to look at things in your business as information, not necessarily as personal attacks. How can I look at this? How can I take this information and how can I make non-overly dramatic or overly emotional response to this and keep things moving along so we don't waste time and energy and unnecessary emotions? And remember, you can change your decisions. They can evolve. You can change your reasons. So yes, tip 21, you can change your mind. Your decisions, your reasons for doing things, your intentions can get smarter, wiser, better, more efficient over time, and that is okay. You can always pivot. You're never stuck in something if you're willing to face yourself and face the situation with courage and determination. I went to college. I graduated as a teacher. I did that for a couple years, and then we started a business. I've never regretted being a teacher. I loved it but I've also really enjoyed what I've done now. Nothing is wasted. Decision-making is wild. It's organization and flexibility at its finest. It's a bit of a paradox. Some decisions you make and hold onto, but the nuances of how things manifest shift. I want to make this much money, but how it all manifests is not entirely up to your control. Justin and I have held on to many different dreams of making certain money, of having a certain type of relationship in our marriage, of, of having relationships with our kids, of wanting to travel, of wanting to do this and this, of financial, spiritual, mental, personal goals. Some have quickly come to pass and some have taken years to manifest. Us traveling this year has taken about 20 years with many, many decisions along the way in order to create a situation where we had the flexibility financially to take our kids and travel around while starting a new company and our kids are doing homeschool. Pretty crazy once you think about it to keep five people, five pieces of luggage, five backpacks, five iPhones, five laptops, toothbrushes, shoes, snorkels, homework, hygiene, moving every three or four days to new hotels, new cars, new places, needing adapters to exchange money. Where's the ATM? Where's food? Where's water? Is the water okay to drink? What are the cool things in this area we want to check out? What food is good? What are the apps people use to communicate? I mean, there's a lot. I am loving what our kids and what Jess and I are learning amidst so much change in our environment and the experience that we're having. So before we wrap this up, I just want you to keep a couple things in mind. Number 22, never forget the power of a pros and cons list. If you have a decision that's just really hard to be made, it can be so easy to sit down, grab a piece of paper with two columns and on one side, write down all the pros and write all the cons. You'll be amazed at how that can unjam the brain and allow you to just think and process things and help you make a quicker, faster decision. Number 23. Also, never forget the power of a conversation. This really moves things that are backlogged in the brain. A good conversation, writing things down, getting things moving, taking action can help you make decisions and make better and better decisions over time. Tip 24, you'll also get better at asking the right people's opinion when making decision. Otherwise, it gets kind of awkward and you feel bad when you don't listen. And the last tip, tip number 25, how organized is your environment? If your home is a mess, your mind is probably a mess and your business is probably a mess. Now, yes, some entrepreneurs thrive in that chaos, but I have found that when your environment is chaotic, the mind is chaotic and it is hard to focus and make good business decisions. One of the best decisions I make on a daily basis is just to clean the area around me where I am working. If my area is clean, I can focus, I can think, I don't feel so bogged down. So get organized in your life, have a calendar, set alarms, 
Check your calendar before you go to bed. Check it in the morning. What do I have going on today? What is the time I'm protecting that is work time? What is the family time that I'm protecting? Have the day mapped out in your mind so that when you get to work and the distractions come in, you can easily push those to the side and get focused, be efficient, and get done what needs to get done. So remember, decisions are one of life's great luxuries. The ability to make decisions is incredible. Yes, it can be overwhelming. Yes, it can be scary, but also it can be liberating. There is always an open door. Identify the decisions that you want to make. Gather all the information. Filter through and decide the alternatives. Weigh the evidence. Choose among the alternatives. Take action. Create some checks and balances and get some movement in your business and personal life by making decisions. And as Nelson Mandela said, may your choices reflect your hopes, not your fears. You are an incredible human being with the insane capability of making decisions every single day. Rise to those decisions and create the life that you want now. And we will talk to you real soon. <laughs>